Welcome everyone to episode 24 of the Circle Back Podcast, the show where two great friends get together and just talk about video games. I'm Dan Lamarca. As always, I'm joined by Dan Dufernoy. Hello. And Dan, we're going to kick it off like we always do, my friend. What have you been playing? Okay. Well, I'm still playing God of War. Um, I'm actually the only one who's part of Circle Back that still hasn't beaten God of War. Um, but I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, you know, I, I thought I was farther than I was, but now telling you where I was and hearing that I'm not even like a third of the way through the game. Yeah. It's a little disheartening because I really have played a lot of it. I'm enjoying <laughs> it and I really want to beat it because I'm the only one here that has it. So All right. No pressure then. Take your time. There's just a little bit of pressure. Though. No pressure. There's no actually pressure. a lot of pressure. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, that's it. Um, yeah. That's I'm it? Enjoying it. playing God of War? I'm loving it. Um, definitely one of my, uh, one of the most, uh, intriguing and, and fun games I've played the past few years. Okay. And, uh, I really look forward to completing it just so I can kind of solidify my thoughts on it. Yeah, and, definitely. You know, God of War as, you know, I have some very, very intense feelings about God of War, mm-hmm. the original games. Very intense. Very intense. I am not a fan. <laughs> and this game I'm actually really, really loving. So, yeah. you know. Good. Interesting juxt- juxtaposition. Word of the day. Glad to hear. Now you, my um, friend. I've been playing two games that I want to talk quite a bit about, so I'm actually going to ask you... To shut up? To finish what else you've been playing oh, and okay. then we'll get to mine because i'm going to be talking for a long time okay so stuff. not really a lot um play a little bit more of way out with my sister um this are week, you still enjoying it or are you kind of i am i mean it's uh, i mean like you said it's the writing is just so bad where you know yeah. there was this you know even just the one point i think it's just in the, in the beginning maybe where the two guys are just sitting there and then the one guy is just like you're really stubborn and then the guy goes like, yeah, but I get things done. And he goes like, yeah, but at least I think things through. Yeah, but I get things done. Like, it's just like like really bad stuff like that. But I got to say, me and my sister are really enjoying, like, you know, the, the co-op aspect cool. of it. Where that is really enjoyable. Especially, yeah. you know, there's moments, like, really, like, tense moments where you're, like, trying to run away. Or, like, mm-hmm. you know, trying to escape the cops. And, like, there's, like, that cool... Like, um, oh, we gotta, you know, do this. No, no, yeah, you gotta do yeah. this. You gotta, you know, okay, I gotta go do this, you know. No, absolutely. And I'm very excited to hear when, yeah, when this, you finish that game. I'm excited I'll actually to finish hear. the game this week. Oh, don't make any promises. Then. No, I'm gonna make you a pinky. <laughs> and, um, and then my last, I really don't have, you know, much to say. I really didn't get a chance to play as much, really kind of focus on God of War and life this week. But, um... Uh, Night of the Woods, one of my favorite games. Thank you know, yeah. I love that that game so uh-huh. much. Um, and I wanted to like kind of replay it again. I was just I wasn't really feeling God of War. I just was like, oh, I have you know, like a few hours. Maybe I'll just restart Night in the Woods. But they actually have like supplemental games. They have like little mini games that you can play. Um, and one of them is called Lost Constellation. Where are they like mini games or are they just like short no, stories? No, it's like short stories. So like I don't know how long Night of the Woods was. Maybe like eight hours or whatever. But this was like an hour game. Um, it's told through the protagonist of Night of the Woods, May. Her grandfather is like telling her a story mm-hmm. about like the founding of the town and where they came from and stuff. And he plays this alchemist, I forget her name, like a crocodile-looking creature. Okay. And like you come across like the forest god and, and stuff like that. You just meet these oh, cool, cool characters. But the reason why I like it is it's the same writing of oh, yeah. Night of the Woods. So like it's got that cool stuff where like there's this one point where like you're controlling the character. There's like a little cliff and you got to like figure out like how to get like across the cliff. Mm-hmm. But you can also fall down the cliff. And like what's funny is it's like every time like, you know, you fall down the cliff, May, it'll be like May will interject the story. Because it's told the grandfather's telling the story. His little head mm-hmm. pops up and he says, oh, and then this happened. And yeah. um, May will interject like, and then she decided to end it all and jump off the cliff, you know, and stuff like that. And each time you do it, the grandfather will be like, all right, I'm going to have to read you children's stories now. You won't get to hear the rest of this story. <laughs> 
So like it's got that nice writing. Um, I really love Man in the Woods, and the more I think too, about it, man. it might be one of my favorite games of all time. So it was just nice to kind of revisit that world and like that kind of like style and stuff. Cool. So that's been it. That's yeah, that's awesome. I I would love to play more of that game. Like, yeah. That style of game. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, an I should hour. Check those out. It's I never. Like, it's, um, like, it's like I haven't tried the other one, but Lost Constellation is like an hour. It's just you know you meet character. <laughs> There's one character you meet in the woods who's like the head like he's like the priest of like the forest god or whatever and like he's like you can only get past if you say the special prayer so like you don't know what the heck he's talking about so you make up this like stupid gibberish you're like oh bear bear zebra zebra in the woods have some fun like just and then the guy's just like oh what are you doing you're making fun of my vision man like you know like yeah, that, that, that kind of stuff yeah that game that game is really special as far as the dialogue and the writing yeah. is concerned so, so that's yeah, been about I me so i want to i want to hear about these new games you've yeah been playing. i have so two new games came out recently um and they're pretty so they're totally different types of games but they're similar in the fact that they're super big open really in-depth really hard like challenging games um one is frostpunk and one is battletech and i've been playing the shit out of both of them but i basically the way it went and and i'll talk about both these games but the way it went was I started with Frostpunk, got totally sucked in, played like five hours straight, like loved it, and then took a break, and then the next day I was like, man, I really do want to play Battletech too, like let me let me check it out, and I jumped into Battletech, and I haven't gone back to Frostpunk yet, and okay. I will go back to Frostpunk because it's an excellent game. Is it on the computer? They're both they're both just on PC right now, okay. um, uh, maybe Mac too, I'm not sure, but they're, they're not on any consoles yet, but, so let me talk about Frostpunk first, um... It is, I gotta look up the company, I should have done this before, but um, they made a game called This War of Mine. Okay. For um, uh, PC as well? This War of Mine initially was just on, so 11-bit studios they're called. Okay. Um, this War of Mine was originally just on PC, it eventually came to consoles, it's actually on PS4. Um, it's this really interesting game that like, it's like a management sim about like this, like you basically control like what these people do. These people are just trying to survive in this like mm-hmm. fascist world or whatever, and they're like kids that are starving. And you need to choose what to do with your food, like stuff like that. And I didn't play a ton of it, but I was always interested by it. Never went to it, um, but I always had a good feeling. But you know, it's one of those games. I don't, have you ever played Papers Please or no? No. So it has that same sort of just dour like really dark like you know you have to make really bad choices to get through but it's like a really well-made and well-written game um frostpunk definitely carries on that lineage the the basis of the game is um it's almost like a snowpiercer style okay. uh world that's so funny because i was looking up when you typed i was looking up pictures and that's exactly what yeah. i thought of but that's what it was like because the planet basically froze over and you're in england like outside of london somewhere um and you're in this like crater almost and it's just freezing cold like negative degrees Mm -hmm. all over the place and the whole object of the game is right in the beginning you start with 80 people or 60 people something like that it might be 40 in the beginning but you start with a certain amount of people and there's a generator in the center of the city it's like a three-quarters view like city builder like similar to like sim city like view um but you have this giant generator in the center and it's huge, like, you know, 10 stories tall, it's huge. And 
it gives out heat. So not only does it like provide you with electricity, but the main focus of it is it provides heat. So the, the temperature outside is negative 20, but if you're within, there's like a heat map you can click on and it shows like the ring of heat and like how, how the temperature works for the people. So it's like, you know, if it's bright red, then they're totally comfortable and they won't get sick and whatever. If it's like yellow, then they'll, they have a small chance of getting sick, but they're not going to get sick. You know, like it's still warm enough and then it goes out and out and out. And, um, the whole object is just survive. Like, it's like, it has so much in its systems and, and I'll get into more detail, but it's like the basics of it is you have these people and you assign them tasks. So it's like, all right, I need to build houses for these people. They want, they want homes to live in, obviously they need shelter. So first thing I got to do, all right, go out, get wood and coal. There's like, you know, deposits of wood, deposits of coal out there. Right. And all right, I'm going to have 10 people go get this wood, 10 people go get this coal. And once we have enough wood, I'll have the remaining 20, like build the shelters. Right. So like you're assigning the amount of people that go on each thing. Um, but it quickly starts getting out of hand where you realize like, wow, I do not have enough people to do, do what this, I want to yeah. do. And when somebody gets sick, you need to give them a medical, medical treatment, but you need to build this medical treatment mm-hmm. center. Um, and when they're sick, they can't work. Okay. So they go into the medical tent until they're better, and then they go back this to work. This is so interesting, though. So there's just so many, like, moving parts that you got. Oh, like, it's so yeah. many moving parts. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a spinning plate simulator, but it's, it's so good in... So there are, there are a lot of layers to it. There's that, that main layer that's like, all right, assign where your workers want to go, manage, micromanage what they're doing at any moment, you know, make sure everyone's doing something. Okay. Then there's a layer that... Every 24 hours, I think it starts out 24 hours and then it gets longer, you can enact a law because you're the ruler. So the laws range from, in the beginning, you only have a choice between this one like law structure. So it's like, okay, I have this, I'm low on labor. There's this law I can enact that's child labor. Okay. But... The ini- so it branches. So the initial child labor thing is children can now work, but they can only work in safe places. So like they'll collect coal, they'll collect wood, like they're kind of pulling their own weight. Like that's, it's kind of a normal thing to expect from if you're really struggling like mm-hmm. this, right? Yeah. But then it branches off where it's like, okay, if you choose this, now they can work in any job and you can make them work in factories oh, where wow. it's dangerous. So it's like, if you're desperate... And you got to survive. Oh, that's crazy. So yeah. it's like all the moral oh, like, it's rough. It's ambiguity really rough. where yeah. you're just like, I but need But it's not this, ambiguity but... because there is literally two meters at the bottom. One is hope and one is discontent. And usually as hope falls, discontent rises. So you'll enact a law. Like initially you enact the, the original child labor law and we lose a little bit of hope. Maybe we don't get discontent because that's not really a bad law. But if you enact this bad child, like, you know this child labor law where they can work in factories and stuff discontent rises and when you when hope goes down to nothing you lose when discontent goes all the way up you lose so you're constantly balancing between these and uh that's fascinating but the the cool thing is so you have these layers with the laws and and some other examples of the laws are like um it'll basically say uh okay now 
if someone gets injured, you can basically change your medical to, all right, if someone is injured to the point because they can get so sick that they actually can never leave, like, like they're really messed up, like, you know, they can't walk or whatever, and it's like, you can enact a law that makes your medical staff be more radical, so they'll, like, amputate. Okay. But that's not necessarily a bad thing because now these people can actually get on with their lives okay, yeah. and do stuff rather yeah, than yeah. be bedridden. So initially you're like, all right, we're amputating. And people are like, what the fuck? Like, we don't like that. That's, that's terrible. But then you create this, this building. Like at first you're like, all right, we'll amputate. And then these people can at least clear away for the sick people that we can actually treat. So they go back to their homes. They're better. They just are, so are missing a limb. There's just so much going yeah. on. But then... You, you figure out, okay, we can, you, we can create this home for amputees that they can go and stay here and then they don't take up the space. So it's like this group home for like people that are, you know, had amputations and they live in this house together and they're so much happier because like, all right, we have our own place to stay, like whatever. And it frees up the space in the sick base. But they're just sitting there and now you have nine out of your 40 people are amputees that can't work. So you can research, because you also can build a factory that researches, you can research uh, like prosthetics. This is fascinating. And so if you research prosthetics, then these amputees can go back to work. And they only harvest like half the amount because they're not doing as well, but they're productive members of society again. And it, it makes them happy and it helps your society. So, this is so fascinating. There's so much yeah, going on. There's a lot going on in this game, but it's very well done. And it's interspersed with little events, like random events that would happen in like a roguelike or something, where something will pop up and it'll be like, child was injured in the factory. What do you do? And you have three options. Okay. And it's like, send them home for the day and say, get you know feel better. Um, tell them he has to stay in work which, you know, unless you're really desperate, yeah. that's, that's not the right. And then the other one is like, give all children a day off, you know? And it's like, that'll raise your hope, but your production goes down. Yeah. So it's like, it, it, it really is a balancing act of like, everyone knows we're in dire straits. This isn't like a happy, healthy community and I'm being a monster. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, we're in dire straits and sometimes you gotta do things that people are not gonna like for the good of the people, you know? And it, it gets even more layers to it when you get, you get like these group of scouts after you build a certain building, um, and they can go out and like search the area. So then it pulls out into like an overworld map, and there's all these little pips, and you can be like, all right, go to this area, and you're like, wow, we discovered an observatory. Should we check if there are people there? It's like check if there are people there, and bad things can happen to the scouts. Or they can find new people, bring them back, okay. and then now you have a nice big workforce. Um, the other thing I didn't mention is you're actually building different buildings. Like I told you, you can build a factory mm -hmm. to research. You're building, like, in the beginning, you have a certain amount of food in your storage, right? But you don't have, ac you don't have any food source. So you can build a hunter's hut, and the hunters work from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. instead of, you know, 9 to 5 or gotcha. whatever, because they go out and hunt. Um, so they'll get a certain amount of food and the food is broken up into the, the citizens can eat a piece of raw food and they will 
consume one piece of raw food or you can get a cookhouse that converts raw food into two rations. So they're basically doubling the food production, okay. but you need to staff the cookhouse. So you need to have the amount of workforce to staff the cookhouse to get double the rations because your, your hunters go out and get food, but it's not enough for everybody okay. every night unless you have multiple hunter, hunt houses, but you, know, you don't have the staff for that. So you're, then you can pass a law that's like, you can use sawdust to hardy up the soups that'll make the rations four for each piece of food, but they have a likelihood to get sick, and every day that people eat the sawdust soup, discontent goes up. Okay. Because they hate it, it's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> but it actually fills them up, and it helps. So it's like, are you desperate for food? You might need to enact this yeah. policy, you know? And it just goes on and on, and gets bigger and bigger. Like, what's the objective? What's like... Survive. But like, when, when do you beat the game? So, I don't know, because it's early, but... I'm sure there's an ending, there's probably multiple endings, depending on what happens, because right now I'm at a point, you know, light, light spoilers isn't really a spoiler, but I'm at a point where I just got a bunch of new people, and they're like, we can't just sit here forever, like, we need to go, we're going to go and see if London still has a, a infrastructure at all. Mm. So they're going to travel, like, backpack to London, but there, there's a group of people that are, like, trying to draw people to their cause and leave for london but i need those people working yeah. in my town yeah. so i'm i'm trying to make the life happier here there's like a timer it says like 15 days until the group leaves for london and then every few days it'll say uh you know five more people join the cause to go to london mm -hmm. or it'll say you know based on how oh, good so the hope is people. yeah like now you know only you know five more people decided to stay mm -hmm. you know and once that timer ticks off the amount of people that are saying they're leaving are gone. I don't know what happens. I haven't gotten to it yet. But you can see that there are... The problem is there's no... In, in this universe, which is really interesting, you don't know the level of communication that goes on. So we don't know if it's the whole world. I don't even know if they know if the whole world is frozen or if it's just them. Because okay. they don't have communication. You know, So it's like... Uh, you know, if I'm prophesizing about what's going to happen, you know, possibly, then it could possibly be, you know, they find a place that's not frozen, like, and then we're all yeah. survive, or we just all die in misery because this game is like very dour and, <laughs> and dark. But it's a superbly made game, and it does a lot of interesting things in the genre yeah, that, you, that you really don't see a lot. It really sounds incredible. I love it. I absolutely love this game, and, and I think it's very special, but I have been taken away by by Battletech, and I've put in a lot of time into Battletech, and I, I've, I'm really excited to talk about that game. So Battletech is uh, a turn-based strategy game similar to, like, an XCOM. Okay. Um, I know you love those games. Yeah, I do. I do. But it's a little bit different in, in a lot of ways, but... Um, it's by Hairbrain Schemes. These are the guys that um, I, I don't. I don't know if you know, but they um, there was a new Shadowrun game. Like Shadowrun is an old Super Nintendo game. Okay. And it's like a turn-based strategy game similar to XCOM, and people loved it. And it was on hiatus. Basically, you know, it has a whole history. There's like tabletop games before the SNES game. Like it has a very storied history. But these guys, this guy Jordan Weissman, that created Shadowrun. Uh, he basically came back in like 2013 to make Shadowrun Returns, 
So Hairbrain Schemes is this development studio that came back to make Shadowrun Returns. They made a couple of Shadowrun games, and now they went to Battletech. Because Battletech is in the MechWarrior franchise, and you know, without getting too convoluted here, again, very similar to Shadowrun in that it started as a tabletop game in the 80s. People love it. Then MechWarrior games came out in the 90s. People love the universe. It's just... Really cool universe with mechs, and it and it has like a bunch of like political intrigue okay. ingrained into it. So it's like you know people call it Game of Thrones in space, but you know, it's that idea of all these different houses and what they do right and wrong, everyone's and who you're gonna power. yeah, everyone's competing for power in, in the in the universe and stuff like that. So it, it's a really cool backdrop for a game, and they've made a bunch of MechWarrior games. So this isn't like a new idea, but this is the first BattleTech game okay. in a long time, and. It's just so, so, so good. So, the again, I'll start top level. The moment-to-moment gameplay is you have a group of four mechs, and it's top-down, you know, similar to, like, an XCOM, where you're controlling, you have movement squares, you know, you can sprint to get double the movement, but that's the end of your turn. You know, anyone that's played an XCOM game is, is familiar with this idea. The main difference is you're dealing with mechs. Okay. So... What you're dealing with is you're managing a bunch of different things. Whereas if you're just a human being with a gun and you're fighting aliens or other humans, it's like, okay, this human has a health bar and they have a gun that does this amount of damage. You know, they have a chance to hit, they might have special abilities, whatever. But with these mechs, you have a pilot inside the mech that can take damage. And you have a mech that is... Uh, basically like parsed out so it's like it has a right leg health meter it has a left leg health meter arm left torso right torso center torso like it has all individualized health meters because when you take damage on a certain thing you can blow off the arm that had a gun on it you know so if you have like uh, a cannon okay. on this and arm that and your enemy jumps to the side and shoots you that arm goes off, they lose that ability. Okay. So that's just like a small taste of like the, the, the kind of depth in this game because not only are you dealing with, okay, I have this overall health meter that I can't let get to zero or I'm dead. Um, your pilot has health. So let's say he has three pips of health, right? So if you take, if you take a hit to your left torso, like your left torso gets totally damaged, your pilot takes one damage. Okay. Like, goes down... You know, if your left torso gets destroyed, pilot takes one damage. Right torso, one damage. If someone shoots your leg and destroys one of your legs, you fall over, the mech falls to the ground, pilot takes one damage. Okay. If at any point in the game, your your mech gets both legs destroyed, that mech's done, and that pilot's dead. Okay. So, the way to kill... Like, finish someone off is kill the pilot, however many pips of health they have, Destroy both legs, or destroy the center torso where the cockpit is, obviously. So, if you destroy the center torso, it doesn't matter how many pips of health the pilot had, they're dead. So, a lot of times that's the fastest, easiest way to, to defeat the other mechs. Um, but you're also managing a stability meter. Like I said, there's a knockdown. So, you have the health meter on everything, and you have an stabil- overall stability meter for your mech. So... When you take, say you get hit by like one big cannon or something, Mm -hmm. you might take a little bit of stability damage. If you get hit by like 
20 short-range missiles that are like, you know, attacking, then your stability meter increases. When that fills up, no matter if you get your leg destroyed or not, you get knocked over and take one down. Okay. You know? Um, so you're dealing with the stability, you're dealing with the overall health, and then the third thing you have to deal with is your own heat. So your mech's heat. So if you, if you have, so on one mech, I might have two medium lasers, um, six short-range missiles, uh, you know, an auto cannon that's, that's like a sniper cannon, and the short-range laser or something. If I put, if I use every single one of those, because you pick and choose which of your mm -hmm. armament you're using for each attack. So if I say, all right, I'm going to do an alpha strike, I'm going to do every single thing, then your heat meter is going to go up enormously. If you overheat, but yeah, what happens then? You take structure damage, which which is like your inner health bar. So you have an armor, and then once you get through the armor and you take damage in that same spot that no longer has armor, you take structure damage. If the structure damage goes all the way down, what happens? You're dead. Oh, you're dead. Okay. Yeah. So you don't want to overheat, but there's clever ways. And, and again, if if anyone knows anything about mech mech games or even like any shows or animes or anything, it's like you know how this works because. It's, it's constant throughout. It's okay. like, you know, if you are on a really hot desert planet, you can only disperse, you know, 50% of your heat instead of 100. Okay. If you see a lake and you walk into it, you disperse an extra 50% of heat because the water is cooling you, you know? So it's like, there's a lot of depth in, in even just the heat meter. And there's all the, the environments heat. and stuff that you put in. And the environments you put in. Like a lot of times you're on like a snowy planet and it's like you're naturally going to disperse an extra 25% of your okay. heat. So you can like go off on that. Um, but you also have jump jets on some of these mechs that bring up heat. Um, they can do melee attacks on each other, uh, which are like less specifically accurate. So it's like if you want to, if this left torso is damaged and you're standing right in front of them and you do a melee attack, you might hit center torso you might hit legs you might hit right torso so it's like more wily okay rather than like using your systems right, right. um so there's a lot of depth in the actual combat um but there's even more when you come out to the other layers of the game you know similar to i talked about how frostpunk and this game are similar in that they're like difficult and insanely deep because battletech has all different types of mechs so you have light, medium, heavy, and assault are like the four classifications. But there are differences in the actual mechs because when you win a battle, you get to get salvage from the mechs you destroyed. Okay. So. And that's how you can like. That's how you can get new stuff. mechs. Okay. Not only that, you get oh, brand you get new, new stuff. Mechs. Okay. You can if you get three pieces of salvage of this same type of mech. You get a new guy. You get a new mech. Okay. So if you destroy a mech by destroying a center torso you get one piece of salvage. If you destroy both legs and destroy them, you get two pieces of salvage. If you kill the pilot, but don't destroy the center torso or the legs, you get all three. Okay. So it, it, it becomes like a thing of like, all right, I don't want my guys to get hurt, obviously, because there's permadeath in your characters and you can lose the, the okay. mechs. You can lose the game, absolutely, but you can lose your mech if it gets destroyed in battle. You know, you get... You, Usually, if it gets destroyed and your pilot gets killed, you get the mech back, but the pilot's dead. Oh, so it's not like you're one pilot the entire game. You get different pilots? Well, you so have like four pilots because you have four mechs. Okay, gotcha. So you have your own character that you make, and then you start out with th three other pilots. 
but you can hire at each station space station That's what I wanted. Okay. you can hire new staff okay or you can buy new weapons and mechs. so what i'm saying is so like if your four main guys die yeah it's not really how it works because you would never let it get to that point like you have to if you go into a mission you, you're not bringing one mech. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Like, you need to bring four mechs. Okay. So if you don't have the staff, if someone died and you only have three mm-hmm. mech warriors, then you need to go hire somebody gotcha. to fill them out. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So, like, that's really not going to happen. It's mm-hmm. more about your money situation. So there's, there's an overarching uh, system that's basically when you're outside of combat, you're on your ship, and you have a certain amount of money, and you have money that gets taken each month like for bills. So it'll show you like how much you're going to owe in bills and all your staff gets paid a monthly rate. Okay. Because you're kind of like you're kind of like the this ragtag bunch of like hey we're just trying to survive like you know you're like a bunch of rogues just trying to survive so it's like your your staff gets paid a monthly rate, you have to pay upkeep on your ship, you pay for upkeep on the mechs, like you pay all this stuff, and there's like a little thing in the top left that shows you how many months worth of money you have based on your current uh, financials. Cool. So be like, all right, we have enough to survive three months, you know, but if someone gets hurt, they might be hurt for like 14, 21 days. Okay. And it's like, you can fast forward time until they're healthy again, but you just missed an opportunity to get to get some contracts in those days so it's like you're doing the cost analysis of like do i hire somebody new just for this month get them in do a mission fire them once my other guy's healthy you know like there's Mm. there's a large balance between that kind of stuff but where it gets interesting is your actual money situation is you want to salvage mechs not only so that you get new mechs but also so that you can sell them because when you get a full mech and you sell it it's worth a lot you know, so it's like, you want to be smart about how you kill these mechs, but you also don't want to take, like, if you if your mech gets its arm taken off in battle, that might cost you know fifty thousand to repair when when you're out of battle. So you end time, just like how your guys get hurt and they have to heal. You put this mech into a repair. You shop. don't have that mech for. You won't have it for the amount of time, and you have to pay for the repairs. Okay. You know, so it's like there there is a meta layer of like managing your mechs and your mech warriors and what you're doing with them. Um, but also you can completely refit any of these mechs with whatever guns you want. So it's like, if you wanna get creative, and like everything has its standard build, which is as you would know it from the other games or as you would know it from you know, reading, mm-hmm. you know, books or whatever. Like they all have a standard like, like, you know, uh, loadout. You can go in, take everything off and just be like, I want this I want two AC-20s, which are like the biggest cannons. It'll, like, it'll make you like a tank. It's like, I just want two AC-20s and nothing else. It's like, all right. They're going to let you do it because there's a certain amount of tonnage. Everything weighs a certain amount. Okay. So it's like you but can refit. But then you're refit. sacrificing everything else, right? Yeah, I mean, you're, you, you have to be smart about it. But certain, certain mechs are meant to be done in different ways. You know, So it's mm-hmm. like, all right, if I have this all-around mech that does good melee damage, maybe I take off some of its long-range missiles and like long lasers and instead put on that short range you know big burst and now he's a frontliner okay so now i'm going to get in their face i'm going to punch i'm going to shoot these big cannons you know like i'm going to take them down so it's really cool to like tinker with your mechs but a lot of times what you think might work and then you get them into actual combat you're like no shit i wish i left them the way he was 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, this game obviously is not for everybody because number one, the depth, and number two, it's a nerdy ass mech game. Like, you know, it, it's not for everybody, but it is just so well made as far as like, it's so well designed in the combat, in the systems around it. Everything's just so well designed and not to mention the story is actually really good. That's like, awesome. Man. Yeah, yeah, the story's really good and like I like how I said in Frostpunk there are like little events like the kid, you know, gets injured at the factory, what are you gonna do? They have basically that in this, where as you're advancing time, it'll be like, Oh, it's poker night, you know, do you wanna play? Do you wanna sit out? Do you wanna play to win? Do you wanna play take it easy? And, you know, depending on what you pick, it'll be like, all right, morale went up for the week, but you lost $20,000 or something, you know, like, it's a lot of trade-offs like that. Um, One, there are a couple of small complaints that I have about this game uh, after playing a lot, like I have. Number one is, uh, it's not optimized very well, like, it, it it runs really hard on computers, so, like, if you don't, if you don't have a computer that can run a lot of stuff, you're not gonna be able to run this. Um... And the loads are very long. Um, you know, again, I, I don't have... I mean, this PC is great for for games, but, you know, when you get into the high end, it's it's not going to do everything, but it definitely can chug on this. I still have the coolest keyboard I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but the the other complaint I have is those, those random events that I mentioned, you see them way too often. They don't have enough. Okay. And... You know, this game's not perfect, no game's perfect, but I've seen the same random events numerous times now, and I'm not even that far, like, you know, I've played, I've played probably like 20 hours, but it's like, to see the same events yeah. over and over in the same campaign, I'm like, all right, like, yeah, you're you kind of sick of it now. Yeah, it's not that I'm sick of it, it's that if you had more events that are interesting, and you're like, because the fun of those events is like, you don't know what's going to happen depending on what you choose. So once you do know what's going to happen, it's yeah. like, ah, yeah. all right, you know. But uh, overall, I, I absolutely adore this game. The other thing is, it's super hard to get into as a newcomer. Like, they, they do a terrible job tutorializing. Okay. And, like, how, how this game is supposed to be so run. So, you mean, like, it was better for you because, like, you've had the experience, like, with those sort of games? Not only that, but, like, I would have to go outside and read some stuff about it in order to understand. Like, they don't explain a lot of their systems. Oh. They don't explain how a lot of stuff works. You know, like, I was... When I was first starting, it's like they show you like a preview target up top and it shows the overall structure health and the overall armor health. Okay. So I would look at a tank that's on the ground, like a small little vehicle, and I would be like, all right, it has 100 armor and 40 structure health. So if I do 140 damage, it should die. So I lay out like an alpha strike to do 140 damage and it dies, but I realize it died way quicker. And I'm like, what happened? So each piece of armor has its own health that is not shown there unless you hover over that piece. So what happened was it would hit the front armor and the PPC itself would do 50 damage. The front armor is 10 and the structure damage is 40. It killed it in one shot with a PPC. But I didn't know what was happening or why it was dying so quickly, you know what I mean? Until I eventually like looked and hovered over that piece of armor. I'm like, oh, if I hit it in the front, going to die from this light little shot rather than using all my weapons gotcha. you know what okay I mean? and they don't do a good job of telling you that and pretty much a lot of the systems in the game they don't do a great job of showing you but but once you get into it it's really yeah. really 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 good well dude you seem extremely passionate about it man. it's like, it so good like, yeah it's really so, so I, good uh i mean just to check it out definitely it's excellent 
but I would also say um, it's learning. It, it's difficulty curve is totally out of whack. Like, there's one mission in particular. It's like the first mission on Smith and where I just got destroyed. And it gives you, like, difficulty ratings, like, of what to expect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the difficulty's based on, like, the your, your lance. Lance is, like, the group of four. Your lance is overall tonnage, right? So if I have a mech that's 60 tons, 40, and 50, and 50, that's 200 tons, that would mean that I have two little skulls of difficulty. Like, I should be able to complete missions that are two skulls because I have 200 tons. So it'll show you... Like difficulty two skulls, and then when you go to drop, it'll say tonnage two hundred, and it'll mm. show it. So you know, all right. So I was more than more than prepared for this mission, I thought, and I just kept getting destroyed and destroyed. And by the end, like I, I reloaded it a couple times to like see what the hell I was doing wrong, and I was just trying it over and over again, and it was just not working out. So in the end, I had to like one of my guys died, and two of my mechs got destroyed, and like I was just in a shambles. But I made it through, and I was like made it through like i gotta i gotta gotta keep this so one of my main dudes died but the thing that it does well other than obviously the minute to minute gameplay is it i have not played a tactics game that is more like edge of your seat like hanging on every shot because the stakes are so high like and if you get a good mech come up to you, that comes up to you and wants to alpha strike you or gets behind you somehow, it's like fuck, fuck, fuck. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's saying a lot. It though. gives yeah. you that like feeling of like oh fuck, fuck. Like everything is like it's like please, please miss, miss this one shot, and then you, they miss it, and you're like yeah. Like it is so good at what it does. That's it's, awesome. It's, that's it's saying incredible. a lot, especially coming from you, because I know what a big fan you are of these sort of games. Yeah, like, you love yeah, into yeah. the breach, and you love you know. Yeah, I mean, all that stuff. Like, I, I'll tell you straight up, these this game is doing something that's extremely different than most of these types okay. of games. So it's hard to even compare. It's most comparable to XCOM, but it's not even really a fair comparison to okay. XCOM. Um, it's so funny when I because two of my favorite games this year now are BattleTech and Into the Breach. They're both mech tactics games. games. Yeah. And there's they're, they're both games. They're both games. <laughs> no, but they could not be further yeah. from each other on the spectrum of tactics games, where one is you know every single move that's going to be made, and you can plan accordingly, and it's about min-maxing like what you can do. And Into the Breach is an absolutely amazing game, and so is BattleTech, but they're not anywhere near each other, even yeah. though they're both mech tactics games. You know. It's really interesting to see because you're right. I do I do like these games a lot usually, so I wasn't surprised that I liked it. I'm very surprised at how much I like it, mm-hmm. you know. And and because of the stakes, and because of the way your money can like, you might think you're in such a good financial spot. And you're like, all right, I'm gonna upgrade my ship in this way. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this you know special you know cannon to put on my mech, and then all of a sudden something bad happens or your mission goes bad and you have to eject and it's like okay um now we only have enough money for two months like we got to get going you know like it 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 can turn quickly and that's so exciting and so much fun it's it's an that's awesome yeah i love it man i really do like it's been a while since well actually it's not true i was gonna say it's been a while since i've seen you like really like into a game (laughs) that's not true but like 
Like you yeah, just, this game really is very seems, special. Yeah, it seems like really special. It's very, very special. But you know, this this year is turning into like an incredible year in games yeah. again for me specifically. I know because you may not be the biggest into the breach or BattleTech guy, but yeah, those games are special to you, definitely. And they're incredible games. You know, that just because they're not for everyone doesn't mean they're. I'll not get incredible. into them. We'll play an XCOM game or something one of these days. Nah, we'll see. We'll one see. of these. <laughs> one of these days. All right, I think that's going to do it. I'm sorry for rambling so much, but no, dude, I had a lot I to say. It, man. I yeah, had a lot listen, to say. that's what it's all about. Um, I want to jump right into Metal Gear Corner with Dan. Oh, yeah, What's no, okay, yeah, Gear? definitely. Um, so Metal Gear Solid 2, I'm still playing it, Sons of Liberty. Um, I forget, last time we, we left off, I think I just met up with Ames, who, told, who had a heart attack and Ames, told us Ames, where, yeah. the, where the president was. Yeah, but that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that last time? Yeah. It yep. was last time. So, um, yeah, so, uh, President's on Shell 2, and you go and try to find the President. Um, you have to disarm all these bombs before you get there, and this is where, like, the big, big, big plot point pops in, where um, Pliskin shows up, and he's on a chopper, and he says, hey, we have, you know, I have one of the helicopters. We're going to save the hostages. It's going to take about two trips, but, you know, we're going we're gonna to make everything okay. I need you to go find the president, and we're going to get out of here. And in the meantime, Otacon shows up, and he's just like, hey, Snake, how you doing? You know, what can I, what can I do? And Raiden's just like, wait a second, Otacon from Shadow Moses? And, and then in the meanwhile... What is it? How do you pronounce it? Solidus Snake shows up? Solidus, yeah. Solidus Snake shows up, and he's the head of the Sons of Liberty, and he's the one that's kind of calling himself Snake and, and, and saying, you know, we're going to destroy Manhattan and, and create our own sort of uh, thing. Um, so Raiden is just super, super confused. Um, again, Solidus is claiming that he's Snake, and Pliskin's getting angry, and Pliskin's like, you know, don't you dare call me, you know... Don't use that name. Like, you're not Snake. You're not Snake. And mm-hmm. Ryan kind of puts two and two together. Our suspicions were correct. Mm-hmm. Pliskin is Solid Snake. Obviously, Otacon is his best friend. And they're, you know... But you do get some interesting backstory about what happened after Shadow Moses. Um, and this is really the important plot points uh, that really help with Solid Snake's story. Is you find out after Shadow Moses, which is the first game... Um, Otacon and Snake, they went on this, you know, dismantle all the Metal Gears that they can. Completely, you know, anti-weapon, anti Yeah, they went weapon. on like a mission. They went this. on a mission and they weren't contracted by anybody. So the government and everybody labeled them as terrorists. Mm-hmm. So that's why they had to pretend that they were, um, they had to pretend that they were dead so that they could, mm-hmm. uh, dismantle all these things. Right, it's like, how could people, you know, consider you terrorists? That's horrible, and, you know, it's all that. And you find out, because the whole time you're hearing how um, they found Solid Snake's body. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened in the beginning of Metal Gear Solid 2, was the whole tanker blows up, and everybody says, oh, Solid Snake is dead, that's why we're sending Raiden in. Find out, all he did was, he found Liquid Snake's body, and, like, did it up just a little bit, and it was the same identical DNA, so that's why everybody confirmed that Solid Snake was dead when he actually wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, right now we know Pliskin is Snake, mm-hmm. and him and Otacon are labeled as terrorists for wanting to destroy all the Metal Gear things. And again, it kind of goes into that shady business that, wow, the government likes these nuclear weapons, they like Metal Gear, and they're claiming that they're terrorists. Right. Um, anyway, Solid Snake shows up, and he starts getting into a fight with uh, 
with Pliskin. Well, I'm going to call him Snake now because he is Solid Snake. Solid Snake's in his chopper and he starts to shoot missiles at um, at Solidus. Solidus kind of like buffs up and he gets into like his own sort of like mech suit kind of thing. And he jumps into a chopper. And it's kind of like the same fight that you have with Liquid Snake where you have to, you know, you get your big uh, bazooka-like thing and you have to shoot missiles at him. So you do that. So with Snake's help uh, and your rocket launcher, you're able to shoot Solidus down and um, he, he goes into the water and you're like, oh great, we took care of Solidus Snake, he's dead. And then, out of nowhere, the new Metal Gear pops up and what makes it really, really dangerous is it's already active, which means the president has already given the codes um, and this Metal Gear is ready to destroy Manhattan. So that's Metal me. Gear. Oh, I forget. Metal Gear Rex was in the first game. Ray. Metal Gear Ray. Okay. I didn't know if you knew. Yeah, I'm no, thinking. in this game. Um, I'm trying to see where we're... So that was really it. Vamp shows up. Vamp does this really cool like running on water thing. He runs up pipes. And um, that's about it. And yeah, you have to go still find the president. Um, have to fight Vamp. I know that's coming up because we don't know where Vamp went. But mm-hmm. right now we think Solidus is, is taken care of. But I'm sure that Solidus is going to come back. Come back to. We'll see. So really the big points though we got to in this week of Metal Gear Corner is Pliskin is Solid Snake. Him and Otacon are considered terrorists. Mm-hmm. And Metal Gear uh, Ray is uh, active. And the government's behind it. So the government's doing all this shady business. So you left off with, did you see Metal Gear Ray? or you were just No, you did. Metal Gear Ray showed up. He like jumped out. Yeah. Came from the the water. Oh wait yeah. a second, maybe Solidus isn't gone. Maybe he jumped into Metal Gear Ray. I think he was in Ray. Maybe he was in Ray. I don't remember. Maybe. to be honest. Um, and I've been freaking taking notes, so I should have wrote written that down. Oh, that's but right. that's about it. Cool for my Metal Gear this week. Well, thank I gotta you for say, that, Dan. It's getting Metal Gear Solid Two. I'm not like Metal Gear Solid One. I like was able to. I just play through that i think i beat that like in three weeks i just kind of like plowed through that game this one's a little bit rougher i'm mm-hmm. having i'm not as motivated to play this game yeah as... i fully expected this and i'm excited to see what you think yeah that's when, why it's when the ending like, comes like along. 10 weeks for me to get through this game that's just i'm not you know that's fine man take all the time you need man i'm not loving it you're as also much playing as... a lot of other stuff so don't worry about it well thank you i appreciate it you're a good friend <laughs> i appreciate it gotta give you an out you know but uh so yeah that was that this week cool well, that's it for Metal Gear Corner with Dan. Uh, we'll check in again next week. Okay. See what's going on. Yeah. Uh, we decided we're going to do a thing uh, where we go through... So E3 it starts the week of June 12th, I believe. Um, I had the idea that I, I would like to go through the different companies one week at a time. So we're going to start out with Sony. That's cool because we have four weeks until uh, June. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I think what we're going to do is we're going to do Sony now, then we'll do Nintendo, Microsoft, and then we're going to kind of load up all the the third parties together. that sounds good. And then we could end it off with a little indie, all right? So we're going to start out with Sony. Um, This is kind of going to be like a look ahead to E3, so we're going to talk about things that we we know are going to be there for sure, and then we're going to think about what could be there that, that isn't necessarily on the docket, all right? So, obvious one, Last of Us Part 2. Yes. Last of Us Part 2, we got a teaser last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't show much. I think now's the time for, for a big, yeah. big stage presence. We'll see gameplay. Well, they were saying how they wanted to release it uh, this year, but I have a feeling it's going to come out next year. 
Uh, yeah. Um, Naughty Dog tends to be spring-summer mm-hmm. releases. Yeah. So, you're likely right. I would say spring next year. Yeah, because I don't think they're going to release it this year. That's way too It's possible that they would, but they they have a lot of stuff this year already. Mm-hmm. You know, they just put out God of War. Detroit is this month. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Spider-Man is September. Yeah. Days Gone, they said, was this year. Um, but, yeah, moving on. I mean, Last of Us Part Two. I pretty much am guaranteeing we will see gameplay of that. We will see a huge presence on stage at E3. Um, so, we'll look for that. I'm very excited to see Yeah, more. no, definitely. Um, Again, yeah. it's one of those games... You know games. we love that first game, and... I didn't think it needed a sequel. I, I don't know. I'm starting to get... It doesn't need a sequel, and it didn't need a sequel, but if they if they feel that they have a story to tell, yeah, then, no, we have to then let a, them tell yeah, the story. 100%. Um, another game definitely will be there is Spider-Man. Yes. Well, we know that's coming out this year, September 7th, yes. I believe. Yes, So that's going to be really cool. They're yeah. going to have gameplay and stuff, but I'm really looking forward to see more. Maybe even see like some of the villains that are going to show up. Yeah. I- I'm excited to see more, but I pretty much trust Insomniac to, um, you know, to make Spider-Man. They're... What they did with Sunset Overdrive, and I, I know you haven't played that, um, but it had so much like fluidity mm-hmm. to it in the movement. Um, so it makes me really excited to see what they can do with, um, yeah, mechanics like the web. Yeah, exactly. I want to see what they can do with the web swinging. That's well, <laughs> coming off of, uh, infinity war. <laughs> yeah. It, it makes me excited to see more Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm just so. curious. Do they, have you mentioned any villains that are going to show up in the game? Well, they had the one that he's a minor villain, but he was the one. That... I'm curious if like, we're going to get like, Green Goblin or Shocker or yeah, Scorpion we'll see. I mean, you know? if what makes sense with Spider-Man and any new IP is, guess what? They want to make more than one game, yeah. so they'll probably have a major villain that the you know plot focuses around, yeah. and then they'll probably have a few minor villains similar to like the Arkham games. That's why I love the Arkham games though, because even like in Arkham Asylum or City, like you had all these different villains, and even if it was just like little Easter eggs. Yeah. Because I think Spider-Man's got some really cool villains. I think Batman's got the best villains, but I think. Super Spider-Man has like Spider-Man is cool too. Yeah, really cool I, I'm excited to see that. And I, you know, the game looks incredible. I really hope it plays as good as it looks. Yeah, I think cool. it will. Maybe just like cool, like web grappling, where you can just like you know go through the city. I mean, that'll definitely be in it. And go like this. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Days Gone will definitely be there. Um, this is a new game from Sony Ben. Is that the one with the vamp? Not the vampires, the zombies. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Are you interested in it? Are you going to pick it up? I have, I'm as interested in it as I could be with, have never really seen much of it. They yeah. haven't shown that much. They showed a little bit of gameplay. Um, but Sony Bend is a good studio. Mm-hmm. They're responsible for Siphon Filter, and then they made the Uncharted game for Vita. Uh, they make really good games. Um, I have faith that they're going to make a good game. We'll see how good it is. Yeah. You know, uh, again, we haven't seen that much of it, but. I'm sure this will be on stage, and hopefully we'll see a bit more extended. Cool. It depends on what they're going to focus. They have a lot of games to talk about. Um, Dreams from yeah, Dreams. Media Molecule is another one that we have heard about for years. We've only recently seen, actually, previews come out about it and mm-hmm. stuff. This game is due out soon. Um, so I'm curious if 
this is going to launch right around E3. They might announce the launch date as yeah. like, hey, coming today. Like I could see them. <laughs> yeah. No, but I could see them doing something like that. Otherwise, it'll be later in the summer, early fall. Mm-hmm. Um, but that game is definitely due out soon. Uh, I'm excited for it because I'm excited to see what other people can do in it because it seems like they have some really big ideas about all the different things you can do in this game. Yeah. It's like it's like if Little Big Planet was it's like Little Big Planet in 3D with all these insane possibilities. Do, yeah. Like there's crazy things you can do. Mm-hmm. You can literally make an entire 20 hour like real game, like third person game, first person game. Like you can you can make stuff in this game. So I yeah, we'll see we'll see how it pans out. I have a feeling that it's going to be a little too much for me to dive into personally, but that doesn't mean I can't play through other people's creations, yeah. you know. That was half the fun of Little Big Planet was I mean, part of it was, hey, let's make this cool stuff. And then the other part is, wow, people can create really yeah, cool really stuff. Crazy, let, yeah. me, let me play this. Yeah. That's why I found like, even like Mario Maker. Like, I thought my levels were pretty good, and I started playing other people's yeah. levels, and I was just like, oh, yeah. whoa. But that, isn't that great, though? That, that makes like such a good game because it gives you the opportunity. To make a game. It gives you the opportunity to make a game or to say, I'm not their creative, but other people are. Oh, yeah. Enjoy, enjoy those that. games. Yeah, yeah that's Definitely. great. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for Dreams, for sure. Uh, will we get more Death Stranding? Probably another abstract video or something from Kojima. But um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they're due soon for some gameplay if they're if they're really expecting well, to come long, out. I'm trying to think. How long has it been that we've been talking about Death Stranding? Probably like three years so far, right? Uh, I don't believe so. No, no it wasn't I, I right after it, Phantom Pain. No, I think it was actually quite a bit. I think it's only been a year and a half. I think it was PSX last year. I, w- I would like to look that up. Though. Because I remember when. Oh my bad. Because I remember uh, at the end of the at the end of PT, there's the trailer with Norman Reedus, but that was for Silent Hill. So I forgot that he's been he's been on board since then. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, honestly, though, like Death Stranding is one of those like. Does it say? I'm going to look. I don't know. Death Stranding is one of those, uh, I don't know, probably my most anticipated just because it's just so... It's just Weird. It's just so weird, but then there's also just not anything... Uh, anything yep. to it. All I know is that Gamble Del Toro's in it, Mads Mikkelsen's in it, Norman Reedus is in it, and just a lot of, like, babies. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just excited. So it was E3 2016, so we're coming up on two years. Okay. Um... But yeah, I, I'm super excited because it just looks batshit, like, insane. And it's perfect now, knowing, uh, having a little bit of history with Kojima yeah. now, you know, knowing, like, some of the things that he was capable of back in the 90s, like, I can only imagine he probably just got weirder. Yeah, I'm excited to see. I I, I really liked Phantom Pain, I know disrespect, but... of course. I mean that with the utmost respect and reverence. <laughs> I do. Kojima's insane, but he, in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know I love the Metal Gear series, but... I love Phantom Pain. I was upset with how they handled the story in a lot of ways. You know, you, well, they, haven't, well, you they, haven't gotten to that yet. No, but, but I hear, well, they, like, fired him. And then, like, they were like, all right, forget the whole third half. Yeah, I mean, you know. It, I haven't played it, but this is just what I hear from, you know, people saying that, like, there's, like, seven different endings, like, where it could have ended or yeah, something. Yeah, it's never but, been, yeah. you know, nothing has ever been confirmed by anybody because Japanese game development is very tight-lipped. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, the implication is... You know, he got fired midway through and then had to rush to come up with an ending. But um, there's some great stuff in that game, and obviously in the first four games. So, you know, 
Uh, and again, you're kind of in the slog of Metal Gear Solid 2 right now. Uh, when you get to the end of that game, you're gonna your feelings on it are definitely gonna. Yeah, I just gotta beat it. Curious, yeah. So Death Stranding, uh, one of these days we're gonna see gameplay. I don't know, probably not now because I don't think this game's coming out till 2020. But I could see another like concept video, but we'll see. Um, game that they'll definitely show more of, I, I would think. Is Ghost of Tsushima? Please Sh- enlighten me on this because I don't even. Tsushima. That's Tsushima. right. Ghost of Tsushima. This this is they just did the brief announcement trailer. This is the new game by Sucker Punch, the guys that made um, Infamous. Oh. All okay. the Infamous games. They're making a samurai game. Cool. Yeah. It, it looks like like a mystical like you know. There's definitely you know you saw like he's literally called the Ghost of Tsushima, but. Not much known about it. They just showed a very brief announcement trailer. Uh, I believe that was at PSX. But we expect to see more on stage at E3, I would assume. You know, That game, who knows how far along in development it is. Infamous Second Son was a launch window game for PS4. It didn't come out at launch. I think it was January. But that's been a long time. Yeah. You know, So they've been building this game. Who, who knows how far along they are into it. It could be... Could be that Sucker Punch is almost ready to go. Um, but some of these games are going to hold, similar to what they did with God of War yeah. for last year. You know, it was, it was due out 2017, but they're like, we have a lot of games. <laughs> like, let's push it, mm-hmm. you know? So I could see Ghost of Tsushima or Days Gone being pushed. Um, I think Spider-Man is definitely this year. Yeah, they have to. They already have, you know, two huge games yeah. got, between God of War and Detroit. Um, so maybe one other one other than Spider-Man could come out this year, but I would not expect more than that. Let's talk um, about the negative. Yeah, the question mark is Bloodborne 2. So the interesting thing, so we saw that teaser where it says Shadows Died Twice. I just saw that teaser today. Yeah, it was the first time you saw that teaser. Oh, man. Yeah, that I was... I almost cried. I, I still don't think that it it's Bloodborne 2, <laughs> being honest. But it's from uh, software. It is from software, and I would love any game that they make. Anything, yeah. But I'm just saying, I, I it is definitely possible as Bloodborne 2. Um, there are two options, though, because if you... I don't know if you know the history of From Software with Sony. They they made Demon Souls PS3 exclusive. Okay. And then they were unhappy with Sony, and they made Dark Souls... Xbox 360 and PS3. And then Dark Souls 2, cross-platform. And then Dark Souls 3, cross-platform. Then Bloodborne was a a PS4 exclusive. So what they had to do, the original game was called Demon's Souls. They couldn't call the second one Demon's Souls 2. So they called it Dark Souls. That's why it's named Dark Souls. Okay. It's because Sony owned the rights to Demon's Souls. They said, okay, then we're just going to change the name and make the sequel. And so they made the sequel in Dark Souls. So now the question is, I, I just want to double check one thing, but the question really is, are they making Bloodborne 2? Are they making a new IP? Are they finding a way to get out of being Sony exclusive by making yeah. a sequel to Bloodborne? Well, I think... Like, I want to look... Um, I mean, just, go ahead. just checking on the, the trailer that we watched, like the shadows die twice or whatever. Like the only reason why like I think people would think that it's Bloodborne 2 is just because like it looks like it was like this weird like bloody rope saw thing with like blood yeah. around it so like that makes sense yeah. i'm like oh my gosh that'd be amazing especially just coming off of just playing bloodborne and just falling in love with it but at the same time like 
It would be, like, I, you know, it would be cool if they did, like, a new, like, like, a new world. Like, they're really good with, like, creating these worlds. So, like, it'd yes, be really so. cool if they did something different, you yeah. know, for us to also, I mean, it would be cool to go to Yarnum again. You know, be, I mean, obviously, I would love that. But at the same time, it'd be cool for something a little bit more. Yeah, it would be, I, I'm happy either way. So, it's a good thing. But it, it the trailer where it said Shadows Die Twice was at Game Awards. Okay. So, it wasn't on a Sony exclusive. It wasn't at PSX or E3 Sony stage or anything. So that's not indicative that it's definitely not a Sony mm -hmm. exclusive or Bloodborne 2, but it means that it could be cross-platform. Okay. Yeah. If it was at PSX, I would say 100% Bloodborne yeah. 2. This could be a new IP that's cross-platform, or it could be uh, a spiritual successor to Bloodborne that's cross-platform, or it could be Bloodborne 2. So... We'll see. Um, I don't know how I feel about Bloom 2, though. As much as I'd be excited for it, though, at the same time, like, I don't know. It's like making, like, the Iron Giant 2. Or, like, you listen, know. man, they made Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 3, and they were excellent. Yeah, I guess I'm just being a little. They weren't as good as the original, and probably you will say the same about Bloodborne 2 if it comes to fruition, but Bloodborne sold a lot of copies. I love it. Bloodborne, for being an exclusive, it sold way more than it should have. So it's a very popular game. I wouldn't be surprised if they made a sequel, um, but and if, we'll see. Um, that's pretty much all we have here for Sony for now. Um, I'm sure we're missing stuff. This is just things that we're interested in, we're excited for. Um, you know, could could we see Final Fantasy VII remake teased here and then shown more at Square? Yeah, it was so yes, funny. For a time, possible, we heard a but... lot about it, and now we just haven't heard anything about it. Oh, really? Square Enix, huh? <laughs> so surprising. Final Fantasy fifteen took fucking 12 years. Ugh. But I don't want to talk about that game. We'll leave it at that for, for Sony for now, um, and we'll check in next week. We'll jump to either Nintendo, Microsoft, or the third parties. Um, I think that's going to do it for us, unless awesome. you have any other prognosticating for Sony. No, I just that's a great word. You've been using, wow. I like the words you've been using today. Seriously, Thanks, yeah, really. Well, that's gonna do it for us on that uh, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful note. Um, we'll catch you next week. Bye, everyone. What's up, guys? It's Dan from Circle Back. Uh, I'm just here to let you know you can find everything that we do at CircleBackGaming.com. If you just want the podcast, we're on iTunes. If you just want the video, we're on YouTube. So catch us either place. Thanks.